you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. same boat as Peter. We've all sinned, made mistakes, failed God. We're all in the same boat. But see, just like Peter, most of us have forgotten that he knows our name. He knows exactly who we are, what we've done, the mistakes that we've made, and guess what? He still loves us. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. We find it in John chapter 21. To to really understand the story, we need to understand the backdrop. Jesus had been crucified. Jesus would die on a cross. But see, the story before that is, is Peter one day, being all brave, boisterous, had told Jesus, I won't ever leave you. I'll follow you wherever you go. Whatever you do. But at the first moment of, well, trouble, Jesus has been arrested. He's standing around and people would ask him, aren't you one of his disciples? No, no, I'm not. Don't know what you're talking about. Must have been another good looking guy. But at this moment, what what happens is, Peter denies Christ three times. He feels bad. He knows that he's failed God. And he feels condemned, not by God, but by himself. And the story happens that finally Peter, about eight days after the resurrection, Peter decides that, well, he's going back fishing. He's going to get, well, back in his boat. Now, that may not sound like anything important to you. What's wrong with fishing? What's wrong with getting in the boat? We've all probably done it. But see, when Peter said to the other disciples, I'm going fishing, I'm I'm going back and getting my boat, really, let me tell you what Peter actually was doing. He said, I quit. I'm done. I'll never be of use to God again. I made too big of a mistake. See, within eight short days, Peter forgotten why Jesus had rose from the grave, why Jesus had died on the cross. See, Jesus had done it that day because God's love for us pushed him there. God's love for him put him there. What ends up happening is Peter and the disciples get in the boat and see that's what sin does to us. We're not the only ones affected by it. Those around us are affected by it. Those who are with us are affected by it. And the Bible tells us the disciples go and they they get in the boat and they fish all night and they catch nothing. What a symbolism right there that without God, we can't do anything. But with God, we can do all things. They'll fish all night catching nothing. In fact, I'm pretty sure that probably the disciples are saying, Peter, you've lost your touch. I guess three years have taken away your talent. Sometimes in the morning, probably as the fog is rising among the water, as a cool breeze is blowing, there is a voice that echoes through the sound of the waves. 
Have you caught any fish? See, there's never a question that Jesus asks that he doesn't already know the answer to. The guys yell out, no, we have no fish. Jesus would yell back to them, they cast your nets on the right side. I can imagine how Peter feels. I can imagine how the rest of the disciples feel. We know how to fish. But in the middle of their desperation, see, that's how God is. But in the middle of our desperation, when nothing is happening that we're hoping will happen, in those moments that we need Jesus most, Jesus will always be there to speak to us, to call out to us. They throw their nets on the right side, and sure enough, they catch the fish. So much fish, they're they're trying to haul it in. They can't hardly get it in. The the nets are stretching. The the fish are flopping, and they're doing everything they can. And it's probably at this moment that John the Beloved, he recognizes that it is Jesus. See, let me say this to you today. God will always bring people in your life. God will always bring people in your life to help you. See, at that moment, Peter still hasn't figured it out yet. He just thinks there's some guy on the shore, well, that knows about fishing, and he knew where all the fish were, but he still hadn't got it yet. I have this thought in my mind of finally John putting his hand on Peter and saying, Peter, it's Jesus. It's it's the risen Lord. That's him. He's on the shore. Peter, the Savior's on the shore. He's right there. And the Bible tells us that Peter, without haste, because I believe at that moment it changed Peter's life. Even before Peter made it to the shore with the Savior, I believe Peter already was feeling joy in his heart because he said, the Savior followed me. Although I failed him and I let him down and I sinned against him, he loved me enough to come after me. The Bible says that he wrapped his outer garment around him and he jumped into the water. He said, I'm not waiting for you guys. You're too slow. And Peter makes his way to the shore. Peter gets there. They have something to eat, have some fish. But today, I want you to do something with me. In your mind, I want you to transport yourself back to that that beach. For a moment, feel the sand between your toes. Feel the breeze coming off the waves in the water. And for a moment, listen. Maybe you hear the, the sound of the waves crashing on the beach. But if you listen a little closer, there's a conversation that's happening. Jesus has pulled Peter aside. In a very calm way, he says, Peter, but see, he doesn't say Peter. He says, Simon, son of John, do do you love me? It's not by accident. See, back in Mark chapter 16, Jesus had changed Peter's name. It used to be Simon. But one day he said, you shall be Cephas, Peter, which later on become rock. But why in the world at this moment would, would he, is he just trying to rub it in that he's messed up and he's sinned? No, what Jesus was doing was saying, Peter, you've gone back to being Simon. 
You let one mistake or three mistakes or whatever, you let it take you back to your old way of life, who you used to be, who I didn't call you to be. I called you to be Peter. That's who I called you to be. Why are you even answering to Simon? Simon isn't your name anymore. You're not Simon, son of John. You are Peter. Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Again, he says, and Simon not cluing in. Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then take care of my lambs. One last time, Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. We know why in the skit, Peter told us. I get it. The, ro the rooster crowed three times. I get it. See, it wasn't just Jesus trying to let Peter know that he sinned, which God does want you to understand that. Amen. See, if you can realize what you're doing wrong, then you can allow God to take away what you've been doing wrong and make it right. See, there's a whole other reason why Jesus says what he says. Simon, do you love me? In this moment, he uses a word in the Greek called agape, which means a profound, deep love, like a, a love that I have for my wife, a deep love. And Peter responds back, yes, Lord, you know that I love you in a Greek word called phileo, which in essence, in a better way to say it means I like you. I love Jesus in his grace. Even right here, he's showing his grace. He could have got on to Peter, but he said, nope, let me try it again. Pete, Simon, do you love me? Agape, Peter, phileo, I love you. Okay, one more time, Peter. Let's try to get this straight. Do you love me? But this time, Jesus flips it. And he uses the word phileo. In other words, he says, well, let me get this right, Peter. You like me? And Peter becomes upset. And he goes, no, Lord, I love you. Agape. Peter finally gets it. It, it registers in his mind. He finally grabs a hold of it. See, at that moment, what Jesus was saying, the, the risen Lord that had, had risen from the grave, that had defeated death once and for all and brought grace into our life, not by anything that we've done, not because we're deserving, not because we've lived a perfect life. Jesus at that moment was telling Peter this, Peter, you were saved and redeemed because I loved you. That's it. Not by anything you did. And listen, Simon, what will bring you through the fears and the worries and anxiety of the future is you understanding this. You have to love me. Because if you'll love me, it'll change your life. I'm not saying it'll be perfect, Simon. I'm not saying, Peter, you won't have issues. But this I do promise you. If you love me, knowing that I love you, you can understand this. Everything is going to be all right. Within eight days, Peter had forgotten what it was all about. That God's grace is unmerited favor is for you and for me. We can't do anything deserving of it. We can't get rid of enough things in our life. We can't make anything perfect enough to make Jesus where we're worthy to receive it. It's only because God loved us that he died on that cross that day. That Jesus Christ hung on that cross, had the nails pierce his hands and his feet so that he pierced the power of sin in your life.
the blood would run from his hands and his feet so that the same blood that was shed 2,000 years ago is the same blood that is running today that can forgive you of all your sins and all your ways. And the same resurrection power that is in Christ can be in you. That he can resurrect you not just on the day that we go home to be with our Lord and Savior, but he can resurrect you from your old life See, God doesn't want you to be Simon anymore. He doesn't want you to be a cheater anymore or an addict anymore or selfish anymore or a liar anymore or fearful anymore or depressed anymore. God doesn't want your name to be settled by those old titles. God wants you to live according to the name that he's called upon your life. So I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. There are some of you today that are here that you need the same grace that God gave to Peter. You need the same grace that forgave him of his sins. You need the same grace. And I want you to know it is here in this house today. God loves you. And he sent his son Jesus Christ to die upon a cross that through his death you would have forgiveness of sins. Through the shedding of his blood, You'd have remission of all your past. And through his resurrection, you could rise to a new life in Christ Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you would like to invite Jesus Christ into your life, it is so simple. All you've got to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and love. Believe that he's the son of the living God, died on a cross for you, rose on the third day. And with your mouth, confess him, Lord, of your life, and you shall be saved. If that is you today and you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Today's amen. Amen. Today's the day of salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Don't let this moment pass you by. Anyone else? I've had five. Raise your hand. Give God praise. I want everyone not just the five that raise their hand, but I want everyone to say this prayer with me. Say it loud, say it proud. It's five new names that have been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Will you say this prayer with me? Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. On January 8th, 2021, I gave birth to my son, Riker. We found out early on in my pregnancy that he had a diaphragmatic hernia, which caused his organs to be pushed up in his chest cavity. He only lived eight hours and died on January 9th, 2021. That was the day I truly met darkness. I remember sitting in my car, in my driveway, wanting to leave, to go anywhere but where I was. Before I realized that I'd been sitting there six hours with the car running, me sobbing, arms reaching out with no direction that would lead me to the only thing I was searching for, Riker. It was then that I was face to face with a battle I had fought so hard against for years for the ones I had cared for the most in my life. Grief plus drugs took me into another type of darkness. 
I was diagnosed with postpartum psychosis and quickly figured out that reality could be masked and I didn't have to face it. An almost death experience found me in limbo with the darkness that comes from grief and the pure evil that comes with drug use. And luckily it scared me so bad that I never wanted to go back there again. There isn't a human on earth that could have pulled me from any of that. I know without a doubt, God rescued me. He was there right beside me and is still pushing me, walking with me every single step, every single day. Every day I am healing, I'm sober, and trying and fighting. My boys have their mom back, my mom has her daughter back, although she probably was hoping I would have lost some of my attitude, and I'm chasing after my dream to become a nurse. I'll end with a verse that has a very different and special meaning to me now. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I am saved. Growing up, I uh, dealt with a lot of issues, a lot of things that made me a little uncomfortable with myself growing up. Okay, Getting older and um, not going to church, not knowing God a whole lot, and then... Um, I knew about the things that would happen or could happen if, you know, I would just go to church personally, you know, growing up, if I would just go to church, you know, find my way to church. And I always kind of pushed it away. I ended up going away from God further, you know, doing, uh, going through addictions. A lot of, I did drugs. I went through the um, process of trying to get myself off. And then there was money. I had a lot of money that I thought could fill me and to make me happy, so that didn't help. That was, there was just something that I was going through and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to find it. And people were like, I had people coming to me and telling me, you know, just go to church, you know, maybe you, you can go there, go to church. And I was like, I finally said to myself, Andrea, you have so much fear. You have so much anxiety. You have all this stuff going through your body. You don't know where to go. You don't know who to talk to. You are married, but you, there's nobody that you can talk to in your mind. There's nobody you can talk to. I went to church. I went to um, CR, and I found myself during praise and worship during church, during praise and worship during CR. That was a filling moment. I was so happy every time. Like, I wasn't crying because I was so sad and oh my god I was crying because I was so happy that I have finally found you know found something filling in my soul in my heart no more fear no more anxiety I go to see art I'm happy to talk about things in my life and share with people what I've been through so that they can do the same thing and I love it I am freed uh, it was in my late 20s that I ventured out of the home. I was first married at age 18. By age 19, I started in the bar business, which spanned through my 20s. Later, I became an owner of my own nightclub. Marriage lasted about five years. My second relationship lasted about the same. Both give me two great boys. By age 31, I had destroyed two relationships due to lying and cheating, closing the bar down, and uh, I was on my way to destroying my third relationship. After marrying in 2000, we separated before the end of 2001. On July 7th of 2002, after seven months separation, my wife came home and so began my recovery and restoration. And I was 32 years old. I, uh, I have struggled with depression, anxiety, anger issues, 
there were lots of alcohol abuse to medicate those issues. I used to say that I drank for the safety of others. At age 38, I suffered two strokes. They were uh, occurred an hour apart. To date, I'm 51. I have worked for 16 years as an addictions counselor. I have led Celebrate Recovery since 2008, except for the few years I lived in Oregon. Currently, Delyn and I have been married for 22 years. I have two great boys, great stepdaughters, 12 grandchildren, and I work as a recovery support specialist supervisor, and I help with the Celebrate Recovery ministry here at Compassion. I've been restored. Growing up, as a child, I grew up in a home full of addiction. I was sexually, physically, mentally, and emotionally abused on a regular basis. I did not know who Jesus was for a long time, but once I met Jesus, my life changed dramatically. I began to see life in a new light, a light that I had never seen before. I began coming to Compassion Church and visiting Celebrate Recovery. And now my life is so full. I'm married, I have six children, things that I never thought I would have. And it's all because I met Jesus. I am fulfilled. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You saw five or four lives here today that have been risen from their old ways of living to a new life in Christ that has changed them forever. And, and I want you to hear me today when I say this. He can do the same thing to you. We had five raise their hand to be saved. But also I want you to know there's some of you today that you're sitting in this church and you're saved, you're redeemed, you're on your way to heaven. But you still got some things in your life that need to go. If you notice, we gave you a shell when you came in today. It's not because we're a cheap church. I know you probably thought that. Whenever you go to the beach, me and my wife go often. My mother lives at the beach, and we'll get a seashell sometimes, bring it back, put it in a jar, put it on a shelf. As a reminder, they were there at the shore. But see, some of you have done the same thing. You've brought back a seashell. You brought back a reminder of your old way of living. You should have left it at the shore. You shouldn't have brought it with you. You're no longer Simon. You're no longer that person. God has called you to be someone else. So I want you to stand with me today. And I'm going to ask you to be brave. And I'm going to ask you to do something special for me. Not just the ones that got saved today. But if you've got something in your life that needs to go. You need a healing in your body. A touch in your finances. Maybe you're here today and your marriage is on the rocks. I don't know what it is that's going on in your life. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, first the natural, then the spiritual. You take a step in the natural, then God begins to move in the spiritual, and God can move in your life. So what we're going to ask you to do today is something special. We're going to ask you to step out of your row, step out of your seat. We're going to ask you to come line up against this wall here. And what we're going to ask you to do is take this seashell, your old living, 
the addiction in your life, the healing you need, your child brought to Jesus, whatever the problem is, we want you to come and we want you to throw it in this boat saying, I leave it at the shore, I leave it behind me, never to pick it up again, trusting and believing that my God is more than able to do it. Do you believe God can do it today? Then I want you to do me a favor. I want you to step out of your chair, step out of your rope, make your way to this side of the wall, and I want you to begin to walk down as God begins to do something amazing and mighty and wonderful in your life. Come on. Come on. Make your way. Here at Compassion, we are so thankful for the way that you invest and give. That could mean giving with your finances, or it could mean in the way that you serve the kingdom of God. No matter what way you are investing, we appreciate you. Here at Compassion, we make it so simple to give. You can go online to give securely at compassion.cc give, or you can text give to 84321, and then just make sure that you select Compassion Church Wichita Falls. We're so thankful for you and how far that this offering will go. Jesus, we just thank you so much for what you're doing here at Compassion Church. We thank you for the people who are choosing to invest in the kingdom through giving, through their service, through their giftings. God, I just pray that you will take this offering and that you will stretch it as far as it could possibly go in a way that will just blow our minds. God, we just give it to you and we ask you to come in and just have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.